Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by Morbidly Beautiful. Go check out Morbidly Beautiful right now for all your horror needs. From interviews, reviews, top 10 lists, and, well, everything in between. They also have a great library of podcasts, which I highly suggest you check out after this episode here. And before we get started on today's episode, I have some very, very exciting news. Oh, I'm so excited. We got a brand new review. I know they're rare and hard to come by these days, but Barney1996 via Apple Podcasts says, Perfection. He goes on to say, after a five-star review, so thank you for that, I was looking for some lesser-known lore and myths to learn about, and I found this podcast, and Casey has certainly delivered. This is an amazing listen for either at work or your everyday stuff. 10 out of 10 would definitely recommend. Well, Barty, I would 10 out of 10 you as well for being such an awesome person leaving that review. Reviews make podcasts grow. They help the world go round. So every time a new one is left, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. So thank you once again, Barney. You are a hero in my mind. But now on to the episode. Today we are continuing our look into the seven deadly sins. And today we're going to be looking at sloth. So I guess it's kind of befitting that it took me a while to get around to this one considering the topic of it. Now this is a shorter one. There's not a whole lot of information available about sloth, which is a little ironic, I suppose, given the, again, topic matter. But nevertheless, we will look into this lesser-known deadly sin, starting right now. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. I think we're all pretty familiar with the sloth myth, or the sloth sin. I think we're all actually pretty guilty, if you will, of doing this ourselves. Out of all the deadly sins, I think the sloth is the most common one to find amongst the general population. Now, of course most of us have lusted over something or somebody, or we've been greedy at times, or a little gluttonous. But I think given the opportunity, sloth would be the most taken one. If you're given the opportunity to, say, get paid to lay in bed all day or run a marathon, most people, not everybody, but most people will probably pick lay in bed all day. You do nothing, you're lazy, so on and so forth. Everybody has their lazy days. And sloth falls right into that category. It is described as one of the seven capital sins in Catholic teachings. It is also the most difficult sin to define and credit as a sin since it's more of a idea than a practice per se it's been around for well as long as there's been humans essentially and it's not just about being lazy it can be spiritual mental pathological and of course physical one definition is habitual disinclination good word to exertion or laziness in other words, you're always laying around doing fuck all. Views concerning the virtue of work to support society 
and to further God's plan suggest that through inactivity, one invites sin. And we have a quote here by Isaac Watts, For Satan finds some mischief still for idle hands to do. If you think about it, sloth can be sort of like the gateway sin. If you're lazy, well, you might become lustful. You might become gluttonous as well. You know, if you're laying around all day, you might just eat a whole bag of Doritos. Or if you're in 1521, a whole cow, loaf of bread. I don't know really what they would have eaten back then in a gluttonous matter, if anything at all. But when you're bored, you tend to do things that are considered sinful. Masturbation comes to mind, right? So consider this one, in my opinion, as a gateway drug of the sins. But what does the word sloth actually mean in like a literal sense? Well, the word sloth is a translation from the term acedia, which means without care. Spiritually, acedia first referred to an affliction to women, religious persons, especially monks, wherein they became indifferent to their duties and obligations to God. Mentally, sloth has a number of distinctive components to which the most important is effectlessness, which is a lack of any feeling about self or other, a mind state that gives rise to boredom, rancor, apathy, and a passive, inert, or sluggish mentality. Physically, sloth is fundamentally without a cessation of motion and an indifference to work. It finds expression in laziness, idleness, and indolence. Two commenters consider the most accurate translation of acedia to be self-pity, for it, quote, conveys both the melancholy of the condition and the self-centeredness upon which it is found. Of course, Catholicism has the most to say on this topic, and our good friend St. Thomas Aquinas is back. And in his Summa Theologica, he defines sloth as, quote, sorrow about spiritual good and as facetiousness of the mind which neglects to begin good. It is evil in its effect. If it so oppresses men as to draw him away entirely from good deeds, so if you're idle and you're lazy, you can't do good. If you can't do good, you're not doing good for God. And if you're not doing good for God, then what the fuck are you doing? Sorry. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, sloth goes so far to refuse joy from God and is repelled by goodness. Eh, I think that's a bit much, but, you know, I didn't write the book on God, so I don't really have a say here. Sloth ignores the seven gifts of grace given by the Holy Ghost which are wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, piety, fortitude, and fear of the Lord. Such disregard slows spiritual progress towards life, to neglect manifold duties of charity towards the neighbor, and animosity towards God. It does show up in orthodoxy as well, but it is used as dejection for the person who falls into dejection will lose interest in life. Yeah, I can see that happening. I think we've all been there once or twice as well. Now, there are some other points here I do want to touch on, and emotionally and cognitively, the evil of acedia or sloth finds expression in a lack of any feeling for the world, for the people in it, or for the self. Acedia takes form 
as an alienation of the sentient self, first from the world and then from itself. Although the most profound versions of this condition are found in a withdrawal from all forms of participation in or care for others or oneself, a lesser but more poignant element was also noted by theologians. From Tristidia, asserted Gregory the Great, quote, there arise malice, rancor, cowardice, and despair. Chaucer, too, dealt with this attitude of acedia, counting the characteristics of the sin to include despair, solemnness, idleness, tardiness, and negligence. The last, variously translated as anger, or warnis, or better as peevishness. For Chaucer, human sins consisted of languishing and holding back, refusing to undertake works of goodness because they tell themselves the circumstances surrounding the establishment are too grievous and too difficult to suffer. Acedia, in Chaucer's view, is thus the enemy of every source and motive to work. Sloth not only subverts the livelihood of the body, taking care for its day-to-day -day provisions, but also slows down the mind, halting its attention to matters of great importance. Sloth hinders man in his righteous undertakings and becomes a path to ruin, which I think is a little bit much, but hey, I mean, if everybody in the world were lazy, yeah, I mean, I can see nothing getting done and we'd all starve to death. Makes sense. According to Peter Binsfield's, Binsfield's classification of demons, Belphegor is the chief demon of the sin sloth. Good old Belphegor. Christian author and clinical psychologist Dr. William Backus has pointed out the similarities between sloth and depression, saying, quote, Depression involves aversion to effort, and the moral danger of sloth lies in this characteristic. The work involved in exercising one's will to make moral and spiritual decisions seems particularly undesirable and demanding. Thus, the slothful person drifts along in habits of sin, convinced that he has no willpower, and aided in this claim by those who persist in seeking only biological and environmental causes as medical remedies for sloth. So according to this quote-unquote doctor, you can cure depression by finding God, a biological and chemical disruption of the brain chemistry. Sure, sure. I wouldn't go start booking appointments with this guy anytime soon, but hey, what do I know? Nothing. I'm just a podcaster who regurgitates information that I find interesting. I'm not a medical doctor, so if that wasn't clear enough already, I'm kind of stupid, but that's beside the point here. The point is that sloth can lead to other sins. It can lead to, like I said earlier, lust. It can lead to gluttony. It can lead to a lot of things. But if you are feeling slothful, there is a good chance you have a well-known medical disorder called depression, which you should go seek help for from a medical doctor. And then go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whichever one you think you need. One of them gives you drugs, one of them doesn't. That's about my understanding of it. But that's beside the point as well. 
If you need help, there are people willing to give you said help. There are hotlines, there are doctors, there are counselors. A lot of these things are free in various parts of different countries. I know in Canada, it has a long wait list, but it's kind of free. And there are also, like I said, independent people who help for no cost. So maybe you're not just lazy. Maybe you're not just slothful. Maybe you have some sort of mental disorder and that is a-okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Seek help, find what you need and get through it and be stronger on the other side because what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And as cheesy as that is, it's kind of true. Broken bones mend stronger. You know, you work out, you tear the muscle, it gets stronger, rebuilds. It, it becomes the better version of itself and you can do the same. You can be the best version of you. I know this got a little bit deeper than just talking about the seven deadly sins, but you gotta remember these things were created before people had medical knowledge of these disorders. So the people who were banished and called slothful and were ostracized from society, they probably had depression. And a lot of you might feel the same way. There's nothing wrong with you. Just get the help you need and you'll be back on your feet in no time. We've all been there. But that does it for me today. If you did like what you heard, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and any five-star reviews will be read out on the show, just like Barney's today. Great guy. Great, great guy. And I will compliment you forever if you leave a five-star review. So, well, at least until the end of the episode. So thanks again, Barney, for that. You can also follow along on social media, on Twitter, at HorrorShotsProd is in production on Instagram at Ominous Origins Pod or on Facebook at Horror Shots. So, until next time.